Hey gang, how are you? Uh, this is your host Mike Petchy. Uh, you were listening to uh, one of my check-ins. Uh, this is supposed to be a Thursday morning check-in, but uh, I've been on vacation, so I've been kind of busy. Uh, I am hanging out here uh, on the Cape, Cape Cod. For those of you who have never been to the East Coast, it is the very tip. It's the arm of, uh, what do you call it, Massachusetts. And uh, you've been hanging out here for over a week. It has been a pretty intense, fun vacation. I haven't felt this relaxed and this stress-free since before COVID, which is great. Oh, it's so nice. I don't know if you guys have any levels of anxiety. I'm sure you do, whether you're dealing with work or whether you're dealing with health or something's going on. But uh, I was just laying here last night going like, I got nothing to freak out about. And it's been really fucking nice. Um, How are you? What's going on? How is your summer? I have heard and seen that uh, Gina and I are missing the hottest weather that uh, LA's ever had, I guess. Is that true? 106 yesterday? Jesus. 106 degrees. Um, so yeah, I'm not unhappy that I'm hanging out here on the East Coast. What are we we're screaming in today at a nice 80 degrees? And um the humidity is all right. The humidity was pretty rough earlier in the week, but it broke, so it is just nice and chill. Oh, can you tell that I'm more relaxed? Can you tell that I'm just mellowed out? Um, so since we last talked, I don't think I talked about it. We did a... So if, if you've been following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy, and if you've been following the podcast on Instagram and Love of the Process pod, uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of my post. This East Coast uh, journey um, really has become sort of this trip down memory lane for me, you know, between uh, my time when I lived and uh, went to school in New York and I visited New York at the beginning of this trip um, to uh, being in Boston for years. We lived in Boston and then um, coming here to the Cape because we would come to the Cape here for summers and I spent about a year here once. So it's been pretty wild, but most of it has been a food journey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Jesus, I've eaten so much food, so much great food here in the East Coast. Every time we go out and there's seafood, I'm always getting steamers. I'm always getting fish. Oh, it's so nice. It really is. Um, what do we do? We did a big um, crawfish boil last week. My brother got his hands on 30 pounds of crawfish, had that stuff shipped out from Louisiana, it's pretty amazing that they can ship that stuff, you know, because um, uh, we thought a lot of it would be dead. And out of 30 pounds, I think we lost maybe 25 crawfish, and they're tiny, you know. So that's like under 1%. Um, he ended up getting this giant industrial boiler from his caterer buddy, and uh, we boiled everything. And it was really tasty, but a lot of fun to do. It was like a fun process. Um, it wasn't ridiculously expensive. He had uh, 25 people over. So he did those. And then I supported the barbecue by doing the land meals, you know, like the land animals. 
So I did four racks of baby backs. We did, I don't know, six pounds of wings. Uh, I did some smash burgers. Uh, one of the guys brought over brisket, which was great. Uh, my dad and I made uh, paella on the grill. My dad had never really made paella on a charcoal grill, and we, we did that together. It's been such a good trip uh, for reconnecting with my parents, too, because we had been away for so fucking long. Did you, did you, were you guys in the same scenario? Because COVID kept us split apart for a long fucking time, and then when we moved across country, we kind of left our families behind, and so we really weren't able to super connect, um, and it's been a while. Of course, my parents came out and visited uh, over a year ago to Los Angeles, but it's just been nice to be here and reconnect. Last night, we all went out to this bar that does axe throwing. <laughs> I, can't, I still can't believe that they let you throw axes while drinking beer. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but uh, I'm pretty good at it. But fuck, my dad is really great at that. Um, he listens to the show. And, uh, you know, he's like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings with that shit. <laughs> Almost a bullseye every time. It's crazy. You missed your calling, Dad. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we did a crawfish boil, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, went over to my dad's place and uh, hung out with mom and him. And we had a big meal. What did he make? He made a porchetta, which is really cool. I, I don't know if you guys have had porchetta before. Essentially what it is is you take a pig belly with the skin on it and you roll in like a tenderloin and you usually um, food process up like garlic and uh, rosemary and some salt, some like fresh herbs. I think he might have done some sage in there. Uh, you roll all that up and you slow roast it so that the outside gets super crispy and the inside is very tender uh, and juicy and just so fucking flavorful. Uh, so he did a big meal um, that night. We did that. We did turkey carnitas, which I introduced him to in Los Angeles and he loves to do it. He did a good job with those. Um, we did bear again. I had bear again. Um, my uncle Paul, who those of you know as the demon in the Meshuggah video or the uh, father at the end of 12KM, uh, he hunted a bear. I think it was a black bear. So he brought over black bear tenderloins, which I skewered and grilled. And those were so good. Bear is so good. It is such a great flavor. Uh, so we had bear, and then um, we had venison burgers, which were good. I made some standard uh, smash burgers again because my mom loves cheeseburgers, so I made her some cheeseburgers, hot dogs. What the fuck else do we have? I feel like there's another thing that we had that we're missing, but it was it's been ridiculous. The like once I get back to Los Angeles, it is like salads for like a month. <laughs> Kale salads, bike riding. Oh, I'm supposed to go see a new doctor and he's going to look at my blood levels and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But it's been a blast. It's been an absolute blast. And it hasn't all been vacation. Here's a funny sort of movie story. 
Uh, we're pitching, so Will and I are pitching on a movie. I'm not going to get into any specifics because if I drop specifics, you know how these things go. They might happen, they might not happen. It takes years, and then you guys get all excited, and you're like, how long does this fucking take? Just know that we're pitching on something that's cool. And um, I was trying to get the pitch in place before uh, we left uh, Boston. Or no, I'm sorry, before we left Los Angeles because... I have all these storyboards. I had like this sort of wall of art. Um, and uh, of course, you know, schedules are schedules. So it ended up following like last week, like right in the middle of my vacation. So what I had to do was pack up all my material. Here's a tip for everybody. If you are getting on a call, if you're getting on a call to pitch on anything, whether it's a music video, whether it's a film um, don't be afraid to do the extra work. Go extracurricular. Make the call an experience. Um, I actually uh, covered the walls in one of the rooms here at my brother's house with all these storyboards. And so when I started the Zoom call, I was sure to have the boards behind me, but they you really couldn't tell what they were. Um, and as we went through this conversation, they were asking uh, my take on specific scenes and my take on specific stuff, I was able to surprise them by literally just picking up the phone and going, I don't know, let me walk you over to the wall and show you my storyboards for that scene. And it really, really gives you the edge because um, you're able to show visuals at this point. You're able to sort of talk your way through it. And, you know, who wouldn't be impressed with the fact that there are walls covered with art and and work and time put in that is completely apparent by the walls. Um, so I think it went well. Um, with any pitch, you know, these days, it's very hard to get super excited um, because you're basically pitching up the ladder. So the first step on the ladder, dude is pumped. He's excited. We seem to have a really great connection. Um, I like him. He's cool. Uh, so now next step's up. And I think what they're going to have me do is go into the office to pitch. And so what I'm going to do is do a couple more storyboards on my own. And then I think I'm going to print these things out big, at least the reference images. I'm going to print them out big, 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 big. Something that I've learned from the guests on the show. Always print stuff bigger. And, you know, if I'm going to spend some money, whatever, it's a, it's a small investment um, for impressing folks, especially at this level. And I, you know, being someone that always is trying to be frugal and spend money the right way, it's always very difficult for me to drop cash for something like that. But I have to remind myself, like, in the long scheme of things, you know, you're asking somebody to give you a few million dollars. You know, if you have to spend some money to print out large prints, then fucking do it. You know what I mean? So um, excited about that. Seems like I'm on to the next round of things. We go back to Boston. We'll get that done. But the other thing that were, that I was reminded of while I was out here doing this is one of the main reasons why I left the East Coast. And a lot of folks ask me all the time, is it worth moving to Los Angeles? Why did you leave the East Coast? Now my responses are are, you know, you know, pretty mixed. You know, it's like, look, 
I made amazing movies here on the East Coast. I had an amazing crew here on the East Coast. I had great resources. If you're going to go shoot in different locations, a lot easier to convince people to do things here because, you know, the average Joe citizen is still very much enamored by movies and enamored by the experience. That does not happen in Los Angeles. So being on the ground and making things in L.A. can be more difficult. L.A., however, does have a very strong crews. And they have very strong, a very strong talent pool, which is important. But most importantly, for me as a director that has to be on calls and do pitches, it's the fucking time difference that really fucks with you. So, uh, for instance, with this pitch, they had asked if they can do it three o'clock their time, which is six o'clock p.m. my time. And then the meeting gets pushed. So the next thing you know, you're trying to stay on point, bright-eyed, like inc- incredibly uh, chipper at like 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. And it's difficult. It's incredibly difficult to do. It doesn't seem like it would be um, because I had literally a full day before I did the pitch. And, you know, we had gone out, we had eaten, we had a couple beers, went through the process. And then I had to put a halt on everything to do this pitch I literally had to go take a shower. It was like, I have to take a cold shower. I have to pretend like it's the beginning of the day. I have to trick my mind into being uh, like fresh as it would be, you know, at 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, We did it. It was cool. Um, But it just reminded me like, fuck, there's nothing more annoying than having to do late night pitch meetings. It's the worst. Uh, So, yeah. Moving to Los Angeles uh, solved that problem, you know. And hopefully now that we're kind of getting out of COVID, although most people are just being lazy and they want to Zoom everything, Zoom pitch meetings, ugh. It's really hard to connect with folks through Zoom. Uh, This one, obviously, uh, like I said, I I had a great connection with this guy. and, And really, here's the truth of it. We connected over food first. We connected over food and barbecue, not about movies. There's another tip for you. Have another hobby. Have stuff that's interesting. So when you have to make small talk with folks, uh, that's where you really sort of connect to break the barrier, break the wall. And if your small talk is talking about movies, eh, you know, they hear about that stuff all the time. Let's just say that. Um, So did the pitch. That was great. And then uh, yesterday, what else is going on? Went to a small beach um, that... uh, Barely had anybody on it. It was right next to a lighthouse. It was like total picturesque. Um, I'm just sitting on this beach and thinking of John Carpenter's The Fog the whole time. Um, but uh, I got my ass burnt. I burnt the tops of my fucking feet. They're so red today. But it was nice swimming in the ocean out here. There's a huge difference between the Pacific and the Atlantic. A massive difference. And if you are a oyster person, you can taste the difference. I hate West Coast oysters. They just taste weird. Um, They're like peanut buttery. Yeah, that's gross, right? Yeah, it's gross. Um, But uh, East Coast oysters are briny. They're they're lighter. Um, And I don't know. It's probably just because I was born here and I swam in the ocean. Every time I eat one, I just feel like I'm back swimming here on the Cape. Um, And uh, they ship them all over the place. You know, you get Chatham oysters. You get Barnstable oysters. Um, they're really good, really fucking good. Um, so yeah, let's see. 
what else is going on? Uh, Gina's been here with us, and uh, she's pitching on three, four big projects. And so she's also confronting the time zone difference, which is a nightmare. Um, but uh, she's deep in that. I think we're going to head back on Monday, and uh, she, her stuff's going to get rolling. Um, I can't wait to go back and get stuff started. This is what I love about taking a long vacation is that you start to crave to go back and work on things and make things and do things. So I'm very excited about that. I actually spent some time with that Fuji camera um, and uh, shot some stuff with the Fuji rig. Um, so then I'll hopefully I'll transcode some of that and post it. We did some interesting night stuff around a campfire up in New York. Um, so I'll post some of that stuff. It's been pretty cool, man. And I, I really love uh, taking shots with the LUT on using that black and white LUT. I really love it, dude. And the big difference, because prior to this, Gina and I were consistently shooting with Nikon. And I think the huge difference for me, and Fuji really doesn't talk about it when they're uh, promoting their stuff. But the big difference is, is that the preview screen, the... Um, the back monitor on the camera is so much clearer. Uh, and so when you look at these images, you're getting a, a much better representation of what's shot, of how the lighting looks. That would always drive me nuts on the Nikon is that we'd spend all this time shooting stuff and I'd look at the back of it and go like, oh, this looks like shit. And then you transfer it to a, a computer and you look at it and go, ah, it doesn't look like shit. It actually looks pretty good. So... Um, the uh, monitors in the back of these Fuji rigs um, really give you an accurate uh, representation of what you're doing with light and exposure. Um, it, it's weird. It's hard to explain. When I was shooting with the Nikon stuff, it was always such a downer. And I felt like I was trying to work harder. And every time I would do something that I thought, uh, you know, a little bit of subtlety would change things, you'd look on the back of that Nikon and go like, did it even fucking do anything? And that's why we ended up tethered all the time. And you'd be shooting tethered to a larger monitor so you can go like, no, it did do something. You know, you could never rely on that Nikon rig. So um, Fuji's really been changing the game with all that stuff. I love this rig. I really do. And I think between mine and Gina's, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm sitting here. and I keep forgetting what models they are, but you've heard me talk about them before. And I will talk about them again. But the two models that we have are fantastic. Um... And uh, this isn't a really an ad read. It's just me talking about it. Um, so, you know, don't hate on me, Fuji. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, let's see what else is going on. Oh, I started watching last night. I couldn't sleep. And I started watching um, the Hearts of Darkness doc, which is the making of um, Apocalypse Now. And uh, Coppola's wife, while she was with him on that huge production, she started to do a documentary. And it's I watch it every once in a while just to remind myself that a legend like Francis Ford Coppola, uh, you know, struggled to make that movie and struggled to sort of find the truth in that movie and to find true inspiration and struggled with the script and struggled with actors and... It was just a struggle. And if you watch that, it's Hearts of Darkness. Um, I have it on Voodoo, I think. If you watch it, you'll see it's just so fascinating um, to hear his phone conversations, 
Um, apparently Marlon Brando wanted to pull out and wanted to keep the million dollar advance. And you can just hear him just, you know, begging people on the phone to like, why the fuck would he do that? It's really cool. Um, and then, uh, you get to see his crews like just in the chaos of like a typhoon and it's a really interesting doc. It's a lot of fun. It's an older doc, but it's interesting. I, I highly suggest you check it out. And if you haven't seen the show on Paramount Plus, The Offer, which is the narrative uh, show sort of built around the making of The Godfather. Um, and I forget the actor's name who plays Coppola. He's really good in that. Um, but those are a good pairing. And for me, uh, you know, the 70s are so magical uh, with cinema. You know, the Coppolas and... You know, Lucas, Lucas is all over this doc because he was uh, also, I think he was a, a writer on it or he was at one point going to direct Apocalypse Now, which is interesting. Um, so check it out. I think you guys will dig it. I really do. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like there isn't a ton going on. Uh, we've got a lot of really great episodes on the way. I've got a, a really big episode coming with a legend of Hollywood. Legend of Hollywood. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear that. I, th- I don't know if that's next week. It might be next week. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the barbecue episode this week with Gary uh, Marandola. Uh, him and I get a little nerdy about uh, being a social media chef. And, uh, you know, we talk about the food that he's made and uh, his crazy experiences being on the Next Level Chef show. Uh, And we sort of pull the veil on how reality TV is made a bit. Uh, It's a great episode. Uh, And a lot more stuff on the way. We're sort of hitting the point where I'm headed back. I'm going to be lining up new episodes. So if there's anybody that you want me to try to get on the show, if there's a guest, if there's an artist, if there's a chef, if there's someone that you want to hear me talk to, leave me a message on Instagram at Mike Petchy or at In Love With The Process Pod. Uh, send me that stuff. I listen to those. I respond to those. Um, and I try to make it happen. All right. That's it. I got to get my ass up. I got to try to go rub some fucking cooling cream on these swollen little red piggies that I walk around on right now. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed hanging out, and uh, I will see you, as always, next Tuesday.